Let's get the proceedings proceeding, man. Combo Nation, we're really here. We are really here. Do they hear us now? Good. What is up, everyone? And welcome to episode 486 of Combo's Court. And I am Combo. Today's show, former NBA player, EuroLeague champion, and currently assistant coach of the Atlanta Hawks, Epe Udo joins in to talk the evolution of the big man, international influence on the NBA game, and much more. Just a fantastic conversation with Epe. You can catch Epe on Instagram at Epe Udo. That's E-K-P-E-U-D-O-H. You know you can catch me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-N-B-O. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Welcome to Combo's Court, man. How you feeling? Man, I'm feeling good, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate you having me tonight. Of course. Anytime. Anytime, I bet. All right. You know, former NBA player, former EuroLeague champion. Um, congrats, Atlanta Atlanta Hawks assistant coach. How's that been for you so far? Yes, sir. No, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, it's It's been great for me. I'm still transitioning. Um you know, today in a workout, somebody called me coach and it kind of caught me off guard. So I got to get used to that as well. Um, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to um, getting out there and getting ready for a summer league. What lessons that you learned as a player will you be implementing or even philosophies mm. now that you're a coach to your own players? Off rip, just be a good person. Be a good person. You know, um, no matter where you are, somebody's watching. You know, so carry that with you, even when you're doing your work at night or by yourself. Um, you know, somebody's work, somebody's watching you, somebody's working. So so carry yourself um, and, you know, just putting putting your all into the game. This is what we do. You know, keep the main thing, the main thing we who. Right. So yeah. handle that and then, you know, get give yourself some hobbies. So, when, you know, when you want to relax and things of that nature. But let's keep the main thing, the main thing. Join Epe's book club. That's a good thing to. That's Ooh. a great. That's a great hobby. <laughs> now you know I'm gonna be walking around the facility with a book, handing them out. So <laughs> keep their mind sharp. Most definitely. So it's interesting. You started your NBA career with the Warriors. That was really early in the Bob Myers era. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you learn about team building and culture? And did you see something special brewing? So, um, I got drafted by Larry Riley. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is with the Hawks now. So, you know, Interesting. You imagine it was like a full circle moment when I was able to see him. Um, but it, it was, it, it was good, but they were also in a transition um, as well as, you know, getting Steph healthy. Um, then they drafted uh, Clay Thompson, my, my second year, and then I was traded, but you could see that they were trying to build, um, trying to build something successful. I don't think anybody thought it would get to this point, but this has been amazing to to see, you know, to see a dynasty, you know, before our eyes. Yeah. I mean, you know, your position that you played in the NBA and Euro league is constantly evolving. 
did you have to make adjustments to your game along the way? Um, for sure. I mean, you, you always try to evolve along the way. Um, but in Europe, it, it was more so evolving um, the, the passing, you know, being mm -hmm. able to, you know, to make the quick reads. Um, that, that's very big in Europe. Yeah. Did you see some of that influence with the Warriors because of the read and react offense? Did you see the European influence in that? And how much of the European influence have you seen in the NBA? It's definitely there now with the way they they run their offense, especially with Draymond as their as their point forward. Um, and everything is read and react, and then you know play off of Steph, play off of Clay, and things of that nature. Um, and and I definitely do believe like um, you you see some of Europe in today's games for sure with the with the different pick and roll actions. Some they call Spain. Um, you'll see that or yeah. Uh, just the newest action. Um, you'll see that as well. Uh, and I think it all comes from like learn, just watching the game and also learning from like Popovich um, with the Spurs and what he's been able to do over, over time. Yeah. Do you feel like your time spent in Europe helped your game grow and will help you become a better coach for the long term? I, I mean, I believe so. I mean, I've been, I've been everywhere. <laughs> 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 you know, I've been the NBA, you know, I went to college in the States, transferred, finished at Baylor, NBA, four or five different teams, about 10 different coaches, um, went to Europe, played with one of the greatest coaches of all time, um, was able to go to, to Italy as well, where I was um, coached by Scariolo, mm -hmm. um, great coach as well. And just to see all these different coaches um, throughout my, my career, man, I think has, has helped me for this moment. Yeah, I've always felt like, you know, playing in America and overseas, the biggest difference to me was that there was more of an individual focus. Obviously, it's always a team sport, but there was more of an individual focus in America, and it felt more of a team mindset abroad. Did you see that as well? Yes, you you definitely felt that, um, yeah. especially with the crowds and, and the way, yeah. you know, the way they go about every game being like must win. Right. So yes. we don't have that pressure here in the States. Now, at a certain point, you get to all-star break, everybody's vying for, you know, for seeding. So it, it's more serious. But from game one in October 15th, <laughs> every game means something. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, you play Fenerbahce and it's almost like there's a few reasons why there's more pressure game to game. Part of it is because there's less games in the NBA. And the other reason is because you had the whole country right. on your guys' back, right? Yeah, and that and that was fun because you know, <laughs> regardless right. of the the rivalry, you know, games we have to play um, Galatasaray or Besiktas. When it came down to like the Euro League Final Four, the whole country was rooting for us. Uh, and then in my second year, we were able to to win that championship. It's interesting. You play with young Steph. You played against young Luca. What did you notice about his game early? And did you see him having this kind of career in the NBA? Not this early, <laughs> Luca for sure. Not not this early, but I definitely thought he would be a really good player. Um, I don't think people understood how big he was until you were actually able to go watch him, and in my in my case, play against him. You know, I thought that the pace of the game would bother him a little bit, um, but he's been able to play at his pace. He's changed the game to you know to go to at, at his speed, and then you know they have the pieces there in Dallas as well to help him along the way. It's interesting. You see Luca, you know, Jokic, they kind of control the pace of game. And I feel like maybe the American players, obviously, they're more athletic and they have a different kind of skill set. It's because we're at a skill development era. They have all kinds of things in their bag 
did right. you notice that European guards could manipulate the game in a different way? Because I always felt like European guards play with a unique cadence and flow. They do. Um, like, like you said, with the athleticism and, and things of that nature. In Europe, I think they learned the reads earlier. Yeah. You know, in, in their career or in their development. Um, like I was talking with a teammate, a uh, former teammate, Milos Teodosic. Who oh, yeah. Probably, uh, probably one of the greatest passers in the world. Right. And I was like, yeah. so, you know, where where does the passing come from? Of course, You know, he's taller, so that helps him as a guard. But he was like, you know, in practice, when I was younger, we would pass and make reads for like an hour, like literally pass this that way, things of that nature. So you're learning that at, the, uh, at an early age. So you just carry that along with you. Um, and then once you get to the professionals, it's easier, you know, to play at your pace because you've been working on this and making those reads. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I talked about Luca already, but Luca actually said it was easier for him to score in the NBA than in Euro League. Was it the same for you? I, I think it's different with you know with with the, the players we're speaking about. I mean, Luca is a is a star, is a superstar. He has the ball in his hands. Um, right. He can manipulate the game. Um, for myself, it I mean about um, more physical, but you know that for guards in the, in a sense, there's more space in the NBA. So, I mean, compared to Europe, you know, he didn't have that space. So everything he did had to be, you know, quick and to the point. In the NBA, like, <laughs> you can bring it down post up as big as he is with, a, you know, a guard on him and, and go to work. Yeah. Did you feel like it was more physical in the league or when you got abroad? I felt, I mean, I didn't play in the league, but overseas, like, there was some dirty stuff going on, man. Like, the little, like, little tricks and veteran moves they day. used to use. And, like... <laughs> And like, just like, you know, getting underneath you and then acting like they're not getting underneath you when you get up in the air, you know, right. which was more physical, would you say? I think um, I would say when I first came into the NBA, it was more physical right? Okay. in, in the NBA. Um, I'm, I'm still going against Bynum. Um, right. Tekovic, um, you know, players like that. So Zach Randolph was still playing. Oh, yeah. It was tough. Uh, but in, in, in Europe, it's still physical as well. Um, but you know, I, I guess they weren't as talented as those bigs. I said, of course. Yeah. Longevity. You've had a very long career, very long playing career. What knowledge would you pass on to the younger players you'll now be working with as an assistant coach to the Atlanta Hawks so they could have a long career like you? Stretch. Make sure you stretch. Make sure <laughs> <laughs> like off like because like you know when I'm home in Oklahoma City, I you know I, I'll be um, able to work. I'm privileged to work out some some young kids who have chances you know to continue their playing. Some guys just just walk out on the court. I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. I'm like, okay, I, I need you to stretch a little bit. You know, th you know, just to take care of your body. Um, and you know, just 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 put that work in, uh, and, and and be open. Yeah. You, know, you, you don't know it all, you know, be, yeah. be open, be, be, you know, be curious about the game. I guess starting those good habits early. Yes. Sir. So important. Right. Yes, sir. What are you looking forward to going into summer league? What do you feel like? I mean, I know you told me before you're going to be a fly on the wall. We've had conversations in the past. Uh, what are you looking forward to summer league development is, are you going to be hands-on with the player development and the skill development? I don't know yet. I'm, oh, I'm okay. still, you know, I'm still, <laughs> still learning. Yeah. You know? So, but I, I, you know, I'm just right out of the game. So I'll definitely get in there and bump with, you know, whoever would like to work out and things and then get up extra so shots. You know, that's just part of, part of it. 
But for me, it's um being just sitting on the bench, being like on the front of the bench. You know, I've had dreams that I stand up and yell something out and people look at me like I'm crazy. So, you know, I want to stay away from that, but just be able to, you know, it, to, to to continue to empower the guys no matter what's going on, even kill. That is very important. Yeah. I mean, to have a long career as you had, um, even yes, kills apartment. You don't strike me as the um, yeller. I feel like it's it's mostly positivity coming up. It's mostly positivity, unless <laughs> I, I grab you by your shorts and you know <laughs> my mouth, and I'll say, <laughs> I'll say something. But for the most part, it's positive, man. Because at the end of the day, you know, Karan Butler, keep this all in perspective. Like we we get to hoop for a living, you know. So let's let's keep that in perspective and give our best effort. Tell me more about the book club, Epe. FA's book club started when I was in um, Milwaukee. It was just, I wanted a unique way to interact with the fans. Um, I wasn't really a big reader growing up. And, um, you know, I had a couple of, um, couple of wild evenings that kind of led me to reading. And it was like, let's do something. Let's, let's do something different. And I've had it for 12 years, about 12 years. Um, wow. We, we discuss a book, probably... One book a month, depending on the, the page length, about 150 pages a week. And then we discuss now we're discussing Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern. What's the what's the platform? How do people on join? So, oh. so at the beginning of every year, I, I um tweet out a link for you to sign up. And that's just a master list for the whole year. So at any point in time, anybody can sign up. Um, and then after you sign up, I'll send out some books you know, to some of the members and then I'll send out the, the discussion schedule and uh, we'll get it going. So, you know, every Wednesday night we're on, we'll be on um, this Wednesday and then we'll discuss about 150 pages using the hashtag Epe's book club on Twitter. And we will have a good time for about an hour, hour and a half. And then, you know, keep it pushing. What are some of your favorite books, especially nonfiction? I'm a nonfiction guy, so I'd like to hear some of your favorite Ooh, nonfiction books. Fiction. Um, the Autobiography of Malcolm X. Great book. Oh, that's that's being you know talked about right now because of Alex Haley and some of you know some of his the uh, dis the discipline he had was yes. oh far yeah. none evolution. You know? Yes, 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 it's yes. Incredible. Um, I like um, Power and Moments. Okay. What's that? What's that about? Pretty much making every moment stand out, especially like regardless of where you are in the world and what you're doing. You know, you only have these, you know, these these moments on Earth. So why yeah. you count? And you know that could change your life. Like I said, being a good person. You know, yeah, nature. Um, it's interesting. So the power now they talk about how um, I'm rereading that now. How really all you have is the now. Right. In yes. any moment you ever been in, even in the past, it was the now. Yes, sir. No, that is <laughs> straight up. That's real. <laughs> that For sure. Real. Um, but those is my like those are my two favorites. Um what is it? The Alchemist, even though it's a fiction. You yeah, know, everybody talks about that book. I haven't read it. Tell, should I read that book? Should yeah, you should. You know, okay. you give it a read. I think um, it is. What is it? What is it? What are your big? What are the biggest lessons you learned from that book? Um, the journey. Trust the journey. Trust, like you know, Joel Embiid. Trust the process. So trust your process. You know, the, um, your time will come for you know whatever needs to be done at what time. At the yeah. proper time. One piece of advice 
you'd give your younger self when you started your MBA career, knowing what you know now? Continue to set goals. You know, I mean, that was the biggest goal of my life was to make it to the NBA. And then I got distracted. Um, but how so? Just um just going from a college player to now you're a millionaire. Now you have time on your hands, you know, now you have to, you know, learn how to carry yourself as a man within your organization as well as the NBA. And there's, you know, everybody is grabbing at you. You know, there's different things in life you could fall into that may take your focus away from the game. So it's important to, you know, continue to set those goals, whether it's daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly for the season, um, five years, 10 years, whatever, but continue to set those goals and strive, you know, to, to acquire those, those goals. Did you learn that very early or that took you time while you were in the NBA to learn? It took me some time. No, it definitely took me like a year or two and then I had some health issues. So then it was, you know, then you had to deal with that and trying to get back and then get back to where you were, mm -hmm. um, you know, as well, you know, so, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. When looking at young talent, what do you think is the biggest indicator that they'll have a successful NBA career? Ooh, <laughs> that's, <t> <laughs> that's tough. Um, I don't know, man. Of course, you. I think. You have to be elite at something, mm, like a, interesting. At, a, at, a, at a skill on the court, um, whether it's blocking size, rebounding, scoring, like being a, a knockdown shooter, uh, being that lob threat. Um, you have to be elite at something. And it's interesting. You not only have to be elite, but I feel now more than ever before, you have to be elite in that one thing and well-routed enough in everything else. Because like on defense, you, can you guard anyone? Can you guard everyone is like a right. real question in the NBA today. Right. I mean, I think it's definitely um, important to to work on all your skills. Yeah. You, you got to have, especially like you said, in today's game uh, where you have like the Draymond's bringing it up, things of that nature. Jokic running the offense and be posting up at the free throw line, you know, changing the spacing of the game and things of that nature. Uh, so, yeah, being elite, being well-rounded uh, and just compete and um, and and doing whatever it takes for your team, whatever team you are in and like, like pretty much being a star in your role. Yeah. Whatever that role is, whether you are the man or, you know, you get spot minutes, but when you're in for those spot minutes, you, you do your thing. Star in your role. It's so interesting. Like Andrew Wiggins, Aaron Gordon, they have like, they have star talent in a lot of ways, but they just learned how to play a role. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, and you know, the guys around them really, really believed in them. Which gave them confidence. And then on the biggest stage, you know, they were having these big games in order to help their team win that, you know, the ultimate goal of winning the championship. Most definitely. I have to ask you this before you get out of here. The movie, everything is both. Tell me more about it, man. Everything Tell is me both. So this this relationship, man, between myself and, and Jacobus Coleman came um when I was in Europe, when I was in, with Fenner, I, I heard an episode on Combat Jets uh, podcast. Rest mm -hmm. in peace. Rest in peace. Um, and to me, Jacoibus was so dope. And he just talked about his life and, you know, his his relationship with his wife. And I just reached out to him on, on Twitter, shot him a DM. Uh, and then we just, we came cool. And we just been building our, our friendship, you know, to this day. Um, and I, I want to say like two or three years ago, I was like, you know, have you thought about turning your book into a movie 
Um, and, you know, he, something he had thought about, and he actually did. He did one. And I was like, okay, you know, just wanted to throw it out there. And then maybe a few months down the road, hey, man, what you think about turning the book into a movie? You know, I had to bring it to him again. He was like, yeah, I think I got one. He sent it over. I, I you know, I listened to it. I read the script. Um, and we're, he was able to fine tune it. And we were like, all right, let's, let's get it going. Um, and it was a great, it was, it's a great project. A lot of learning to it. Because it was my first time being on on a set and things of that nature. And I was I was kind of nervous, even though it was, I'm like, <laughs> we're 50-50. So, I'm, you know, I, I can say cut. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, people will stop. So that was nervous, but just learning, man. And, um, you know, I really appreciate him, you know, for allowing me. Um, you know, to join him in, in making this movie. Everything is both. Now it's on um, Prime and Amazon and Xfinity as well. Um, it's pretty much a cat and mouse tale. Um, someone stole something and the owner wants it back because it's worth it's worth a lot of money um, with a Jaquavis Coleman twist at the end. Most definitely. Most definitely. Go tune into that. Thank you so much for taking the time, Epe. Where can we find you? We talked about the book club, but a little bit exactly on where Twitter we could find you on Instagram, everywhere else. And of course, we'll see we'll be seeing you on the Atlanta Hawks sidelines pretty soon. Yeah, sir. So on Twitter, <laughs> IG, Facebook, I'm Epe Udo, E-K-P-E-U-D-O-H. Um, and, you know, wherever you find me, just just hit me and you know, I'll try to reach out and then uh, we can build from there. Most definitely. You're always welcome back on the show. Good luck in Summer League. Good luck with your season. And we'll talk soon, Epe. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Peace. Anytime. There it was. Another episode of Combo's Court is in the books. Big shouts to Epe for joining in. We appreciate you. Combo Nation Punch down on that subscribe button. If you haven't already, share this episode with a friend. Share it on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Share it on your IG stories. You know you could tag me on Instagram at 12combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. And be on the lookout for episode 486. Combo out.